Check, check. Mic check. Presented by Empire on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. We're back. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Thursday, April 9th, 2015. Oh, tomorrow is Debbie's birthday. I got to give her a call. My mom. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. We're back after a week off to talk about Houston Supercross 2015 Monster Energy Supercross Series wrapping up here, coming into the home stretch, getting ready for the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. We're going to have this show all year long, I think, so uh, keep tuning in. Thursday's noon. Take your call, 702-586-7857. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Houston? You want to talk about the outdoors? You want to talk about... The season that was, anything uh, anything you want, let me know. We're going to give away a set of fly racing. It is the uh, Kinetic Vector spring stuff that was just debuting. Uh, perhaps you saw it on some of their top riders like Andrew Short, Justin Brayton, Weston Pike. Those guys were rocking the Kinetic Vector 2015. We're going to give away a set of pants, jersey, and gloves on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show Presented by NFAB. The uh, Fly Racing Light Hydrogen Gears revolutionized the world of lightweight racing apparel inspired by Canard and Short. This line has been fine-tuned over the past four years to set the standard in what athletes expect out of their gear. Unlike other lightweight gear on the market, the Fly Racing Light Hydrogen line has kept all the premium features like zipper lock and patented 2D buckle system. FlyRacing.com. Follow them on social media at FlyRacingUSA. And uh, we thank those guys. And of course, NFAB, dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest looking, hardest working accessories from NFAB. Proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. N FAB offers step systems, light mounting solutions, bumpers, and more. Take your ride to the next level. To learn more about NFAB, visit N FAB.com. Of course, NFAB is a proud sponsor of the uh, JGR team. And this weekend in Houston, we'll welcome back Justin Barsha. And say say goodbye to Phil Nicoletti, who's a fill-in for Justin. Pretty sure Barsha's going to be back this weekend. You know who's not going to be back? Kenny Roxon. That's right. Roxon's out. He's week to week. He's supposed to be back this week, but uh, they found out his ankle's not quite 100%. So Kenny Roxon of the RCH Suzuki team won't be uh, racing this weekend. Uh, we'll get into that and more with our guests Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm Steve Mathis, in case you didn't know. Taking your calls, producing the show, handling everything behind the scenes. Uh, he's back after a week off. Couldn't be happier. He's uh, got a huge points lead, just like Ryan Dungey. The this legendary. So would you say that this season has been a great season or the greatest season ever? The greatest season ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. been fantastic. Hashtag who's next. Uh-huh. I don't know, Hashtag and I don't care Dungey's anymore. Yeah, it. I don't care who's yeah. next. 
let's just move this thing on. Look, <laughs> hey, it happens, man. Uh, yeah. so there's been some great seasons in history. Uh, 1985 comes to mind. 2006 comes to mind. Uh, Stuart Carmichael uh, Reed, and then the uh, Stuart Reed battles. Um, the Wyndham and Reed ones are good. They come, they came down to the wire. It's been, it's been some great battles. Last year was great until the end. Um, been some great racing. Not this year though. It happens. I think the outdoor season is going to stack up really nicely. I'm optimistic about it. Optimistic? Yeah. Is that a new word? It's it is today. Right. Optimistic. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to be good. Roxon's going to be 100. percent Dunge will be on point. I think Tomac's a better outdoor rider by mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, he can make mistakes outdoors and get away with it. Um, you know, so Barsha back outdoors. I think it's going to turn out to be a pretty good outdoor season. Hopefully, Canard will be back in. I don't know if he'll be 100% for the opener. but it, it, Did you, you see know. his scar? Did you see yeah. that photo? Yeah. That was pretty gnarly. Yeah, that's a lot of staples. <laughs> that's a lot, that's of, a lot staples. of staples. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think it'll be good, and I think uh, I think two fifty uh, class will be good. I heard a rumor this week Porcel may be joining Peyton's team outdoors on a four fifty. Is, is Peyton losing anyone, or is he just going to be? I think he's like going to add. I think he's is just going to add five, or is that six guys if he comes on there? I can't keep track of them. Mm, yeah, it'll be, be uh, Aldridge, Bowers, Cincerello will be back. Um, and Hill, Tonus, no, Hill's on no Tonus. Um, That's all right. I know we're thinking we're forgetting one guy. Yeah, I think that'll be six. Savachi. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, he'll bring. Uh, he'll be bringing uh, a four fifty to the mix. I don't know if that's for sure. It's just a rumor I heard. Oh, he'd be on a four fifty. Yeah, on a four fifty. Ah, on a four fifty. Okay. So uh, we'll have to see. Um, let's just hope it gets better. Let's just hope it gets better. That's that's all. Because it can't. Well, it can't get much worse right now. <laughs> Seven zero two five eight six pulp seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call. We're gonna give away a set of fly. Uh, kinetic gear 2015 spring stuff. You That's can, some good looking gear. It is, and you are not eligible to win. Okay. Yeah, that um, kind of hurts, but all right. Will you be going if Dunge doesn't clinch this weekend in Houston? Will you be traveling up north to Santa Clara to so I can be there? So with you can him? be there with the Dunge when he clinches his second 450 Supercross title. You know, if you would have cleared the air with him last time he was on a show, like I asked you to, then I would have seriously considered going up there. But uh, I guarantee you the air is cleared. He probably didn't even know where I was talking about. Still would be nice to have a little bit of closure. We all know Watson made all that up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> probably. probably. Yeah. It's Kenny. No, knowing him, he probably did. He, he did not talk to Dunge about this guy that yeah, made this like, tweet. No, I remember him. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. All right, he has let, more important. Let, we'll get to, to some do. calls. We got some lines open. We're going to get to Jason Wygant here to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on um, uh, in this this series coming up this year. Seven zero two five eight six seven five seven. A few more lines open yet. Still, it two fifty West comes back though. Two fifty West Supercross is coming back. It's been gone a long time. In case you didn't know, uh, Cooper Webb has a thirty point lead over Jesse Nelson. Bowers is third, two points back of uh, Nelson. Then Zach Osborne is uh, actually, you know, Osborne started off great. Uh, then he hurt his thumb, as we all know, and kind of struggled a little bit here and there um, with the thumb. Surprisingly to me, uh, Osborne is only four points out of second place. And if he gets second in the series, I think that's a good series for Zach Osborne. I think that's fine, um, especially considering where he was with the thumb. McElrath, this is a kid we saw in San Diego the last last race of the break. Second place, a strong second place on the TLD KTM team. So McElrath's got to be having a little bit of uh, momentum if it's possible after such a long break. He, at least he knows he got his first ever podium and he's ready to go. 
Uh, Plessinger started off pretty well. It had a crappy San Diego. Justin Hill. Got to see more from Justin Hill, man. We got to see what he can do. He's been uh, fastest qualifier a bunch. He's won a bunch of heat races, and he's never put it together in the main events. And maybe, you know, once I, I think as a racer, good or bad, the week-in and week-out grind, um, you know, six days to get better. If you're going well, then it's great. Um, you can keep that momentum going pretty easily. But on the flip side, if it's going poorly like Justin Hill, where you just week after week it's not working out and you're sick or you're battling some injury, well, guess what? Six days later you got another race and it's it's hard to get going. It's hard to get your momentum moving in the positive direction. I think maybe Justin Hill's a guy that that uh, that uh, would could use it, could use the break and come back because we know he's got the speed. We've seen him a ton of times. So uh, let's get into uh, our first guest here. He's a RacerX online, online editor. He's my boss. And uh, he will not be at Houston this weekend, so we will not have seen each other for over a month probably, and that's just too long. Jason Wygant, what's up? Yeah, I believe this is the longest you and I have ever gone without seeing each other. This is very strange. Well, maybe we count the off season, but even in the off season, I I guess it's a while. But I mean, Monster Cup. Then I usually come out there. Maybe you come here for a pulp show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Even in the off season. Um, I, I can say that I feel like the way this season has gone, I picked the right year to have a, uh, a new child in the house who doesn't sleep through the night. Traveling on the weekend is tough. Yeah. Obviously, I've gone to a lot more races than I've missed, especially when we'll count all 12 nationals. But the point is, uh, I don't feel like I'm missing a ton. No. As you probably don't either this year. No, you know what? And, like, I feel a lot of themes of on my shows and my, what I write – is about how this isn't a very good season. It's not going to be looked upon as a incredible season. And you feel a little bad in saying that because this is a sport that we love. But, hey, it happens. It happens from time to time. It's not anyone's fault. It's not. Uh, it's just something that happened. We came into this season. Who's next? And truly, we had a ton of guys going for the title. Who's next? It just hasn't worked out. Yeah, and I don't think, uh, as I said when we were talking to you actually after St. Louis when you didn't go, you know, you'll see this weekend. Anyone you go to these races, if you're a fan or, or one of us, there's still plenty to see. It's still cool. Mm-hmm. You're still not exactly sure what's going to happen when the gate drops. And as for next year, I don't think anyone is going to say, oh, Dungey's got it. Dungey mm-hmm. will definitely win next year's title. There's not even a chance. It's not like that. It's just no. the way it worked out. Next year, same guys. It could end up being really good. Yeah, I, 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 if we... Yeah. If we, uh, if I f- a smash cut forward to our preview season preview, I can talk. We're going to be talking about Tomac, Roxon, Canard, Dungey. They're so close. What's going to happen? It's all because yeah. also too, yeah. they're they're all going to be. Tomac might change teams, but other than that, they're all going to be on the same teams. And there's probably, I would say, a fifty percent chance that Tomac stays where he is. You know, so they could all be on the same bikes, just battling it one one one, one more time. The Tomac thing is really going to be one to watch because I'm hearing a lot of chatter about has not even could he sign with Kawasaki. I'm hearing people say, has he signed with them yet, as if it's inevitable. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm wondering because you can tell that Honda behind the scenes is taking this whole thing much more seriously than they were. Yeah. And uh, obviously they had a good talent in Barsha, and he's gone. Uh, I don't know if they're – are they just going to let another guy walk? That, as, I, I mean, Tomac could end up being the best guy out of this entire group. That seems like a big chip to just let leave. Well, that's exactly it. I would have said if this was last year, then he's gone, but he's happy with his bike. Yeah. There's no grumbling about his yep. bike. Uh, it's winning yep. races for him. 
you know, there's that big green claw that's going after everybody. Well, guess what? They can make him a big green claw helmet athlete. You know, he can be in the monster family and stay on a Honda. Uh, That's not a problem. So everyone, you know, monsters not taking this, uh, this very well with, with Millsaps and Will Hahn and no wins and this and that, and they're, they're going full bore. Well, they can still have Eli Tomac in a sense. So, um, yeah, well, what people don't realize, to give you a perfect example, I believe the lead main monster threat this year in Supercross was supposed to be Barsha, actually. But you wouldn't know it because you haven't seen him. But that's the perfect example. Barsha mm-hmm. is a monster athlete. Monster's paying him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He's not on a monster Kawasaki. So right. uh, they, could same, they could do the same deal. Yeah, the Barsha thing hasn't worked out at all. That's another example. It just, uh, just didn't happen this year. It just didn't work out. Right. Um, let's talk about Barsha. Coming back this weekend, we're pretty sure. We're not 100%, but we're 90% sure. Yeah, I think – I believe he will be back this weekend. He will be back this weekend. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be interesting I'm to see. I'm not sure. There were some signals crossed. I was trying to get the info. Right. But uh, I think when all said and done, he will be racing. Where do you put him? How do you think he's going to do? I mean, he's been off for a while. I mean, JT and I did our, our NFAB Fantasy Moto Show. Six to ten is kind of what we both thought. What do you think? You know what? I actually think he could be better than that. Um the field, obviously, is not nearly what it was when he was last racing. Uh, I think they've come a long way in the bike with some changes that they've made in the interim mm-hmm. and maybe stuff he learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he might be a little bit fired up. Like, he's just in a different circumstance than everybody else. Right. I think right. he's healthy, but I don't think that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And he's probably a little bit rejuvenated, refreshed, pissed off maybe, where everybody else is kind of going through the motions. I could see top five. Yeah, that would be interesting. So and I'm going to go – I'll go top five. I think you can do it. Well, definitely the field's a lot thinner than when he left, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, yeah, and you still have – you know, Anderson got a podium and Seeley's a threat, and, and Reed, some of the weeks, is, is in there or on the podium. Mm-hmm. And then we know about Dungeon Tomac. So there, there's five or six really good guys right there, but I think he can be right in that group starting yeah, now. Um, you know, Reed's got a chance to get third in the points uh, if this thing works out. Uh, he's got to make some time up on Sealy, but truly, I don't see it happening right now with the way he's riding and the way Cole's riding. I don't know. I could see Sealy very easily getting third in the, in the in the points right here. Yeah, they were actually closer a few they weeks were. ago. Sealy yeah. beat them the last couple of rounds. Um, and I did ask uh, Dan Bentley from Honda if that mattered, and he said absolutely. That's huge if Cole, a rookie, can get third in the series. Yeah. I was like, does it matter financially to him? And he just said, I would think that most riders have a top three bonus. So maybe he yeah. doesn't know somehow. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, pretty, Reed, pretty... I think Reed normally would not care. I think the only reason Reed would even be interested is because it still gives him a little chatter, I think, on the black flag incident. You know what I mean? Right. To say, see, I was still somewhat in the hunt. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, the 12th best guy in the points when it was all said and done. Yep. I was third. A uh, little, little bit of breaking news we found out this morning. Kenny Roxon's not going to be uh, at Houston. Plan was for him to come back at Houston. The ankle's not 100%. Look for a press release later today. Thoughts on that? Yep. What do you think about that? Well, unfortunately, I'm not happy about it because this means you were right, I think. Because <laughs> you were the one advocating perceive the caution just save it to Hindtown, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I have to concede this to you, which makes me well, happy. Obviously, I, just... I would like to see him racing. I don't like it. I mean, if the ankle seriously is uh, the issue still, that's one thing. I'm not sure if that's the case. I think it's more of the, like I said, perceive a caution, the 
well, what do we have to gain? Right. Which I just, I, I don't like that. I, I, let, let's put it this way. What do you have to gain? If he goes out there and gets a podium or even a win in the last four rounds, which is completely possible, yep. that is good. That is a good thing. No, absolutely. Uh, and I, yeah, and I went around and around talking to J-Bone about it this week on Barsha. And he's like, some people think that we shouldn't even, you know, why even? Why are you even considering racing? Just save up the Hangtown. And I'm like, if Barsha gets on the podium or wins one of these last four races, isn't that good? Like, doesn't that help the team? Is an entire season and team decided on one thing and one thing only? Yeah. We either win the title or we don't. That's it. That's the only measure of greatness. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, I, I, I would. Have, I agree with you. Yeah. If if Roxon can come back and and win, well, if if he's healthy and 100 percent ready to go then we know he can win and get on a podium very easily, especially right now. That's not yep. even a question. So there's gotta yep. be there's gotta be some serious doubts that his ankle's not hundred percent. That's it. That's gotta be you know, that's 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 what I'm thinking. I mean, because the team knows it's it's supercross is, is more important than outdoors. The team knows that if he's hundred percent he can podium or win, there has to be some issues with the ankle going on. Which is what they what they said. Yeah, I hope so. I, but the the nothing to gain thing, uh heard it a million times where guys were Riding, right. and they probably would be okay. Or maybe it's a matter of, oh, but he can come back, but he doesn't have 20 laps in him. So what if he starts up front and goes backwards? We have nothing to gain. It's, you hear this <laughs> kind of thing all the time. I had this perplexing conversation years ago with one of the, the NBC guys at Steel City. It was in 2012, and like, oh, there's all these videos out of Villapoto riding, going really fast after tearing his ACL. And he's like, I don't get it. The Villapoto guy who's champ, he's just riding, but he doesn't race. And I'm like, yep. He's like, doesn't he get paid to race? Like, Kawasaki just knows he could race, and they don't care. And yeah. I'm like, he has nothing to gain. And he's like, what? Nothing to gain? I don't even understand what that means. Like, <laughs> well, it's like NFL games. If the player's healthy, he plays in the game. They I, don't say, well, you have nothing to gain the last two races, the last two games of the year, so just take him off. It's phenomenal in our sport. The tail wags the dog so bad. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, are paid to these guys to do a job, and they call yep. the shots. They call. Totally. They call what? Yeah, yep. you know their their agent they, themselves. It's like what? Like if 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 Dave, if you took some time off, Weege, because of an injury, Davy Coombs is going to call you eventually and be like, "Hey, when are you back to work? Like, are is yep. your is your broken hands healed?" And you go, "Yeah, yep. okay. Well, you need to do a feature. Like that's just how it goes, you know." Right. But here, yeah, I'm healed. Yeah, I'm riding. I might not be at my absolute optimum physical condition, but I could race. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not going to. Yeah, just just not going to race. And and everybody goes. But it's totally normal, though. It's totally <laughs> oh, normal. Absolutely. Uh, and I, yeah, and I know that there's an additional thing to throw in here where it's all about the mental game and confidence. And like, I can't. If I'm only at ninety percent and I get beat, that gives the competition a mental edge. I don't know. It's a big business, and there's sponsors, I'm sure, that would like to see out there. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point. Plus, so look, I, the, these guys. Villapoto have saddled up and raced two nationals at the end of 2012. Yes, there was there a snowball's chance in hell that would happen. No. no. Well, look, we know racers grab the thinnest branch they can for any excuse of, as to why they got beat. You know, the sun wasn't and the moon; they weren't aligned, and that's why I got beat. And so. If you're not 100% healthy, you just tell yourself, that's why I got beat. It's a perfect excuse to everybody. You know what I mean? And and, and, and it's true. So it yep. works out. So grab better it. Then. Take it. Better. Right. Come back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, l- yeah. let's let's, uh, let's take some calls. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about 250 West Series. Remember that? They're, they're back. Um, but, oh, oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah, that's not a barn burner either. Cooper Webb's got that on lockdown, too. 
All right, let's yeah. let's get to some calls here. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Infab. Jason Wygant from Racer X on the line. Brian, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, let's shift gears for a second and talk about MXGP2 and uh, Thomas Covington, if you guys are down. Yeah, uh, not a bad start for him. Some hot and cold uh, results. I think he had a terrible Thailand, right? And a, a decent um, last race. So Decent last race. Apparently he was sick for that, but it's just impressive to see a young American doing well under the radar. Yeah, you know, I talked to Johnny. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yep. Go yeah, ahead. I'm impressed. He, he's kind of a fourth or fifth place guy fairly consistently. I mean, there's only been a, a couple of motos, but I feel like he's figured it out now and he's fourth or fifth. Top five, pretty consistently. That's really good. No, and, and it's pretty, you know, I was talking to Johnny O about him. Johnny O trained with train Thomas for a while, and basically it comes down to, like, he's not that confident in Supercross or likes it that much. And so he's just like, I'm, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want to race motocross. And I'm going to do GPs. Look, he's, how old is he? 20? 19? I don't even know. Yeah, stuff like that. And, and, Probably 19. And for a kid yeah. like that to take the the initiative to – look, and uh, his father's a, a high-up guy at Monster Energy, so uh-huh. he's got a lot of money. He doesn't probably need to work. He could run a team tether privateer program if he wants to. And this kid is sacrificing stuff to go live in Belgium in January. I, I like it. I tip, my, I tip my visor to the guy. That's interesting. Did he race GPs last year too? He did. He's raced GPs uh, last year. He, he made a uh, made a podium at one race. Uh, I think the first one at Qatar. I think he made the podium, um, and then he kind of yeah, and then it kind of fell apart. Kind of fell apart on him. Fell yeah. Apart. yeah. So yeah. Uh, but, so this is year two. He's definitely a lot better. You know the other thing. This is a great move on his part. That age twenty three rule they have in MX two. It is a huge job uh, uh, ruiner and a job creator in that class. I mean, it is ruined ruined guys. That were 23. That's but if you're him, and this is, I think, why Osborne and a lot of other guys and Jimmy Dakota's got a shot over there. I mean, these team managers over there are scratching their heads being like, who's a decent 19-year-old? Uh, just give me anybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the rule is still perhaps the, the stupidest rule in motocross, but uh, you are correct, though. It does give shots to guys that maybe wouldn't get it, but, you know. Yep. Um, and I guess the next big question is, is he going to come to the States, and is he going to race for Mitch? Who knows? Uh, I would have thought that would have already happened if it was going to. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see how his results get. Uh, right now he's got to you know, chase a world title. Look, Tonus uh, got the job from Mitch. Uh, maybe that's part of it. Maybe he's got to show Mitch a little bit on what his skills are, and then he'll, um, he'll, get, uh, he'll get the I call. I believe it was in the works and supposed to happen as he was coming out of amateurs, but he wasn't really lighting it up. His last year amateur was okay. And then uh, he even raced that Monster Cup all-star deal and did terribly. And I think overall the Supercross thing is just it's just holding him back. He, he obviously has to be able to do it to race here. Although I wonder, would he really be that much worse than a guy like Tonus who had very little experience also? Is he that much more inexperienced than yeah. a guy who pretty much didn't have any experience? Yeah, exactly. So, thanks, Brian. Maybe someday. Thanks for the call, man. All right, thanks. Thank you. Hobo Nick. Hey, what's going on? What's up, Hobo? Nothing. Uh, I had some question about the privateer finances. They're not very uh, good. I always hear these guys. What's that? Yeah, they're, they're not very they're good. They're not very good. <laughs> I always hear these guys in podcasts saying that they're they're having to pay to go racing. And uh, if they're, I mean, they're they're sort of out there. If they're not making any money, uh, aren't they just sort of out there to try to get exposure and you know bring in sponsors sponsorship money? Is that 
I mean, is that the point? If you're just breaking even, if you're not profiting at all from just going racing, uh, that's that's basically what they're doing, right? Depends on what level of privateers you're talking about, you know. Um, I mean, I think in Albert, I think the real goal is to get on a team. It's not to get yourself sponsored. It's to get off the privateer island and get picked up by somebody that already you know. It was basically exactly what Pike did. It's not like Pike was expecting to get an outside sponsor for his own effort. It was to get on an effort that already exists. I mean, a guy like Albertson and Chisholm, they're getting paid salaries from clothing company, clothing companies and other uh, sponsors. They're getting checks written. I would think a guy like Tevin Tapia or Alex Ray are getting free product and maybe somebody's helping them pay some entries and that's about it and it's cost and they're hoping to make uh that twenty two hundred bucks for a main event to uh to make money, Hobo. So at the end of the year, what are they netting? Just you know <laughs> what, twenty thousand a year net? I uh, I wouldn't even think that much. I, I have no idea. It's a good question. We should ask some guys so, how, how they do, uh, how they do at the end of the year, you know? Yeah, that's, I think that's it all comes down to uh, they're only level. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, if they're only netting, you know, ten, twenty thousand, I mean, are these guys basically getting to the point where they're just doing this for fun, you know, just to give it a, a ten-year career, yeah. have some fun, you know, have, have some stories along along the way, yeah, and get I, out and do something else. I think that's it. You know, I used to travel with a guy named Jason Fournette, a privateer buddy of mine, back in the day. And he eventually had to quit racing. He was a borderline main event guy, not near the end, but in his prime, a borderline main event guy, uh, top 15 national guy. At the end of his run, he was about $80,000 in debt on credit cards and loans and everything else. You know, but he had, he had a hell of a story, man. Uh, he had some great stories. So, um, yeah. you know, these things, these, yeah. I mean, uh, Weege, our, our, Weege, our friend Greg Alberton has a theory about privateers. <laughs> oh, Greg Albertine. Yeah. The, uh, right. Yeah. Your uh, world and the national champ. Not a fan. I mean, Albertine is just one of those guys that's told, told Wygant one time, like, what are you doing? If you're not making this money, just quit. And of course, David Villeman was talking about that on the pulp show. If you, yeah. Early, yeah. you can see early on if you're going to be any good at this. And if you're not stop and go to school or stop and go to work. That's his theory, right. you know, because guess what? Yeah, he's like, you're just wasted eight years that you could have been working the good job that paid right. or you could have been advancing, you know, why start at age 30, start at age 20. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Yeah. I get I, that. I think the cool part I, is I fun still fact is off, off underrated. underrated. Sorry. Go ahead, Weege. I just, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Weege. <laughs> I think the fun part is underrated. Everyone feels bad for these guys. But if you run into a lot of the privateers, and especially the ones that decide to go for it and race the nationals, which costs a lot more money, is a lot harder to do, mm-hmm. uh, they are not sad. They are having the time of their life. So they probably, a lot of them do size it up, where they maybe are realistic enough to know they're never going to make money out of it, but they're like, man, but this is awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I, think that's a big yeah. Factor. I did it. I did the privateer life for a few years as guy, with guys, and yeah, it's fun, man. It's, a, it's, a, it's some great stories, you know? So, but yep. there comes yeah, a point, look, and there comes a point, like, no offense to Tevin Tapia, uh, he's a nice guy, he's a great guy, but he's not going to make it. He's not going to get a ride. No one's picking him up. He is literally just, you know, spending his money for no reason. I imagine he's not making any money. And good on him, but yeah. So what's his what's his end game? I don't know, but he's having a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah, it's almost a vacation. You know, some of these guys grew up in little small towns, don't have much, and it's just, 
the fact that they can go out, travel, yeah, um, you know, be somewhat of a star in front of all these people and, and do something that they love. Right. I mean, that's, that's pretty it's, awesome. If you could get 10 years of that in your life, I, I, for some people, I think that they have to consider this. Yeah, absolutely. Other people, you know, decide uh, that they suck at motocross and they go get a job at the mill when they're 20 and they, they retire when they're 50 from the mill and they never, ever go out and enjoy things like the seven deuce deuce does. Yeah, you're laying in your deathbed. You looking back, you know what, what would you rather have? Seven Deuce Deuce is enjoying himself. There's no doubt. So, uh, th- thanks, Hobo. Cool. Thanks, thank, bye. thank you, uh, Alex. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, do you uh, do you think Weston Pike really benefited from benefited from the break since he got to ride a little bit of outdoors, build some stamina, uh, a better chance at the podium? What do you think, Weech? There's no doubt. Like, Wes is not making any excuses. Um, he is saying, like, hey, I'm back. My fitness is back. But there's no doubt he's he's fading a little bit at the, in the races. So, And he still did lose a lot of time. I think that the, he's not making excuses because I think being able to use that as an excuse has faded as he's gone more and more weeks not being hurt. But, mm-hmm. uh I mean, missing five whole weeks there, not being able to ride a bike, has to make a difference. So I don't see why the break would hurt. I know I did a lot of outdoor testing, actually, I think, over the uh, the time in between. I think the one major issue with him is he rides so hard. So I think he uses a lot more energy than mm-hmm. the other guys that he's battling with when he's in second and third. So I, I don't know what the where the line is drawn, how much is like he just needs to get fitter or – when you ride that hard, you just can't do the 20 laps like they do. I mean, you watch him and Sealy when they're going the same speed, and he's putting out probably three times more energy. It's a good point. He, he is working hard. There's no doubt. So Yeah. Uh, and it's fun to watch, but as much as a hero as he is, you know, every time you, you know, rip the bike from one side of the track mm-hmm. to the other, that does take energy. Right on. Thanks, so, thanks Alex. Thanks yep. for calling. Do you think, I have one more question. Do you yeah. think uh, Bell should be blowing up his story the way they blew up uh, Vicky Golden? Like, he, 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 like, came from the bottom to the top. Um, I think. Even like, a special or something, like, um, to see where he's come from. I would think, no, it's a great story. It's an amazing story, and we've talked about it a ton. I can't believe how, how far the guy has come. Um, yeah, I think they should do something on him, you know? I mean, they interviewed James Stewart, so who knows? Maybe they'll, do, maybe they'll focus on, on Pike now. Um, or maybe like they just don't want to interview him. J Bone maybe we just want him to interview because they don't know what Wesson's going to say. So they just <laughs> he's very hard to crypt control. Yeah, they very hard to control. put him in the cage. <laughs> put him in the cage and keep him away from everybody, and then let him out. So uh, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, listening. All right, Ryan, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? How are y'all? Good. Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Yeah, fly racing, all about that life. Hey, uh, what y'all think about this Houston Supercross layout? It's weird. It's different. Yeah. Weege, what do you wow. think? <laughs> yeah. I've I'm never, the, uh, have they ever, have they ever been in two directions it. ever, ever, ever? I don't think so. I don't know either. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything either. So, um, I think it's kind of neat. You know what? Hey, like, uh, yeah. Try something different. I've been saying that a lot. Uh, I think it looks kind of interesting. Are the ri- who's going to be the first rider to screw it up, or will they? You think they'll put enough tough blocks to to keep the Tevin guys? Tevin Tapia. Tevin Tapia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I mean it's different, no doubt. I, I watched the Green Arrow thing twice because I honestly I was like, okay, you know, I'm fi- I consider myself fairly intelligent. Some would argue that, but I watched the Green Arrow thing and I'm like, hold on, wait, I got to watch that again. What what goes on here? <clears throat> You know, have y'all seen pictures of the track yet? 
I haven't. We each of you? No, no. Maybe tonight someone will have it on Instagram, like Dave Prater, who, who runs the show. But I think, remember we had, what, three out of four weeks where we had literally the exact same track? Yeah. Stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, so it's like they're fighting back. <laughs> okay, now we're going to give you the wackiest thing we've ever had. I can see the go seven. Check, I can see the go seven. Check out uh, Van Martin's Instagram. They got some pictures. I think either mm-hmm. Van or Justin. Yeah. And uh, like, come in after you get oh, the cool. first corner. Like those hay bales go into that. Uh, you know what will be a right hander whenever the track's flowing correctly. Uh huh. So that looks like it's gonna be a hell of a switchback, man. I mean, that's just everybody's gonna be hugging inside, trying outside. I don't know. It's gonna be sketchy, but I think it's gonna be pretty sweet. It'll be different for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah. I was mostly concerned, like coming out of first corner, seat hopping. You're gonna have some ruts, like on the landings. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. a little yeah. catchy, huh? Yeah, I think in that. Oh, I think in that opening turn, they're gonna go three, four, or four, three, or something in the, out of out of that first turn in the race. The, the the key really is that what, what you just said there. The going backwards over the jumps, and I know that on the test tracks and Kevin Windham transfers, they can all do crazy stuff. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. But having the uh, the faces, the landings, of the jumps be perfect for both directions. That's. This isn't playing around. This is a race. It's not like some guy saying, oh, I'm going to hit this on the test track. It's going to be weird. Yeah, I like it. Keep it up, though. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. Also, real quick, Weed, when uh, when you can start announcing Supercross, man? Yeah, I get this one a lot. Uh, how about never? Probably that. That's probably uh, <laughs> not my vote. I would love to. If you, know, if you know the right person, email. You know, Put the word out for me. I'll, I'll try my best. You did a great job at Loretta this year, man. It was great to... Uh, be there and listen to you kill it. It'll sweet. I think we just going to announce Supercross yeah. the same time that I become like uh, host of Supercross Live. I think that's about the same time. Same time you become uh, yeah. Mike Osler. <laughs> right, exactly. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Party on. See ya. That's Ryan, everybody. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Yeah, that, that's, who, who's got better odds, Weege? Me hosting Supercross Live or you calling it being the lead announcer for Supercross Series? Yeah, I don't know. We've somehow become outside. Well, with you, I don't even say somehow. You are an outsider. I've somehow become an outsider. I feel like I've done nothing really to rock the boat ever. It's un- but uh, <laughs> we are we are outsiders now. Do, We're not is, in the system. Uh, is uh, I don't know if you can break this or even tell us. Is GL coming back, Grant Langston, for outdoors? Is that official? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah no changes. Uh, they had meetings actually way back in like February or something, and that was Davey told me it was like the first thing that got brought up. But the Ally Sports people. The teams, everybody's they pretty much agreed on one thing. Yeah, no reason to change the TV crew. So no. Georgia Lindsay. Yeah, Georgia. The great. Whole group. great, great. That's good yeah. to hear. Uh, hey, let's get yeah. into 250 West before we let you go here. Coming, switching to Jason Thomas. So, but not even talking about this, uh, the series itself. It, something interesting came up in our conference call um, in, at RacerX uh, for the next issue. And I want to touch on it a little bit. And that is Pro Circuit struggling. I wrote it in Racerhead as well. Um, I think JT wrote about it on Pulp MX. Also, it's been a couple of years. With I don't like their odds to get a title this year. Um, maybe Cincerello Outdoors. We'll see. I think that's a little bit of a show-me thing. So it's been a couple of years without a title. Some race wins for Mitch, but it's a different. we're in a different era right now. We have uh, Yamaha's winning and KTM is winning. Uh, Geico guys, of course, are strong. It's just it's weird to see right now in a 250 class. We're having a little bit of a change, and it'll be interesting to see if Mitch Payton can fight back. Yeah, it's definitely trending the wrong way. Like, it was a huge deal when they went without winning a title for a year. Now it's getting down to will they even win a race. Um, 
And there's all so many things that work. And honestly, this has been going on. I think this trend has been going on four or five years, and we've even talked to Mitch about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different theories. I mean, I think the very beginning is they just used to have a huge leg up when the 250F came out. They just had way better bikes than everyone else. But this is 11 years now or so. So people just know how to build four strokes. It's impossible to be the only good game in town. All the secrets are out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can have – there are privateers that have decent dudes building their motors, you know. Mm-hmm. So the bike thing totally leveled out. And then with that, I think it wasn't as easy to recruit. You couldn't just take whoever the – you know, they would take – like Ivan Tedesco, for example, was – on Yamaha of Troy. He was on a decent team. Mm-hmm. Jake Weimer was on Geico Honda. He was on a decent team. But it's like Mitch comes calling, you go. Yeah. Now that the bikes are even, there's no reason for those guys to switch. Uh, and then the other teams got a lot more aggressive. The Geico started this with the amateur ranks. They just basically signed all the good amateur kids, which meant, A, we have them all, and, B, you don't have any of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, they, they've locked everybody out. Well, let, so, me, let me ask you this. You go to Loretta's all the time. Uh, you've been yep. there. You've been there for. A, a, I don't know when you started going. This has been a long time. Has yep. Team Green lost its luster a little bit at Loretta's? Did it, people used to talk about? I'm going to Team Green ride. I'm going to get a Team Green. I'm I'm Team Green, and now they're not. Like, is there a difference? Um, Do you notice at, it back there? No. Here is it's interesting you ask that at Loretta's, and I think at the amateur events they haven't lost as much luster as you would think because. As they always did, I still feel like they blanket the field in general. Like every class, there's one or two or three good Team Green kids from 65 to 85, the Super Minis, the B class, the A class. They always have a lot. The difference is these other teams, they're not even concerned with that. They all have just one good guy or two good guys, and they're only in the A and B class. They don't care about Minis. Mm -hmm. They don't care about 65s, 85s. The superstar graduate isn't always a Team Green guy like it probably was when it was Rainer, Wyndham, Carmichael, Stewart. But Ferry. throughout the amateur Fer- rank, Ferry. how he is loaded. Ferry, you forgot Ferry. Ferry. Sorry, that's legit. Ferry was Team Green superstar at the time. That's yep. my point. Like, it used to always be the best guy was always a Team Green guy. <laughs> right, right. Now the best guy always isn't. But throughout the ranks, they probably have the best overall uh, program. But those teams aren't concerned with amateur titles. They're just concerned with getting the next guy that's going to win a Supercross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. Geico yep. picks one or two guys: R.J. Hampshire, Jordan Smith, Bogle, Barsha, Kennard, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there's literally zero Honda uh, presence whatsoever in the minicycle class. None whatsoever, zero. But it doesn't seem like it's a problem, does it? When they get to where they really care about them, uh, they end up getting who they want, so it works. Yeah, so it's a little better. And yeah. and, and uh, Bobby Reagan at Star has stepped up. Rock River has stepped up. You know, Yamaha is, is devoted to more resources. Yep. I remember when I worked at Yamaha, I used to, you know, chide Mike Guerra. Where's our Millsaps? Hepler, uh, Alessi, <laughs> you know, like we had – Yamaha had no one. Uh, Josh Hill, yep. that was it. Um, there was literally – Yeah, Josh Hill was it. There was yeah. no Yamaha kids coming up, and now there's a bunch. And I just think it's a – you know, obviously Suzuki's another story, but it's another OEM that's, that's devoting some resources to a key four or five guys. And, and working with it, and and Peyton and Pro Circuit are just not getting those guys right now. Yeah, and I think there's a real clash because, uh, see, the advantage those teams had at one point is that they weren't really getting results anyway, so they were able to just experiment and be like, we're going to get young guys. Right. If we suck for a while or it doesn't work at all, oh, well. Mitch, you know, it's like they say, uh, 
if you follow regular sports, the New York teams cannot rebuild. They can't have sucky years. Mm-hmm. They, there's too much. The tickets are too expensive. They need to be good every year. So Mitch, I think, didn't want to experiment. It was more like I'll just hire dudes from Europe, or I'll hire retreads from other teams, or I'll hire veterans. Uh, so his whole program was not really jiving with the we're going to take a chance on a bunch of fairly mm-hmm. unproven kids. Uh, but he didn't have a choice. You know, he was going to sign Tyler Rattray when somebody else was. Ico was like, we're going to get Justin Bogle. Well, at the time, mm-hmm. Bogle was like in the B class. Rattray was a world champion. Right, but right. three years later, who would you rather have? Right. I uh, I yeah. know I talked to Mitch uh, when he was signed Davalos. I was saying, I can't believe you signed Martin Davalos. Like, I just can't believe it. And he was like, who do, <laughs> who who would you sign? Like, who, who, tell me who. And I'm like, Anderson, Muscan, Wharton. He's like, nope, nope, nope. They all turned him down. All three. Wow. And this was when Blake Wharton and Jason Anderson were not – you know, world beaters. Um, these are guys yeah. that were just on a rock star racing Bobby Hewitt team, and they told Mitch Payton, nah, I'm good. I'm good here. Yeah. Muscan, same well, thing, staying at KTM. Uh, well, that says a lot about what signing them early does. Now, I don't know what the finances were. Maybe he didn't offer as much. Yeah. Or they offered more. But, but I will say that if you're close, you're probably going to stick with the people that you're working with when you were 14 and you feel like they gave you your big break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Anderson had gone through some rough moments and the team had his back and helped him out through it. So unless you're going to grossly outspend them, and like I said, the bikes aren't a huge advantage anymore, mm-hmm. you're probably – I mean, Muscan, why would Muscan leave KTM? Why yeah. would he? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yep. Also, too, a lot. Jeremy Martin, yep. Mitch, Mitch told Jeremy Martin, hey, do not sign another deal with those guys – until you talk to me, to not sign with those guys again. This was last year. Yeah. Maybe the year before. I can't remember. I think it was last year. No, I think it was last year in Detroit we yep. heard this story. Yep. Last year. And uh, the yep. next thing you know, uh, they announced they signed him for two years. And Mitch is like, well, what happened? And he's just like, eh, sorry. Like, Mitch Payton telling somebody in 1995, do not sign with anybody until you check with me. That, that you know. You don't sign. They would, yeah. It just, it would be no problem. So. Just one of those things, man. It's uh, it's a different era in the sport right now. So it's uh, interesting. And I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's a bad era to have parody. Not at all. Uh, look, Rockstar, Rockstar Suzuki was the butt of some jokes uh, by myself. Uh, Star Yamaha, butt of some jokes. They've made, Both those teams have done cycled three riders, made some curious decisions here and there. But they're there now, and they're killing it. And, uh, you know, golf claps to them. And, and I think parody in our sport is great. I really do. Yeah, and I think it can all come to a head. Like, uh, it is fixable, I think, in the pro circuit side. They'll never get to the point where the bikes are as dominant as they were. Uh, that was just they got ahead of the four-stroke curve. So unless something massively new comes in again, the bikes will never be that superior. But if you really study this, and remember, they've got Monster on their side, which definitely doesn't hurt. Um, I mean, the model's there. All you got to do is throw more money yeah. at good amateur kids yeah. uh, than anyone else. Yeah, it needs, so, needs a little bit of – It's fixable. Needs a little bit of coming together by Team Green and by Mitch. Okay, who do we want? Who's our guys? You know, and let's focus on yeah. key two to three guys. Yep. And I guess there's those kids from Bakersfield. They're all coming up. They're all Cowie riders. So the future could be yeah. future could turn around quickly here. Yeah, I know this doesn't sound like a big thing, but just trust me, it is. There is a huge difference between uh, when you go to Loretta's. You know, the star racing team and Bobby Regan and all their people are there. Those are their riders. Yes, they are technically Yamaha Blue Crew amateur riders, Mm -hmm. but they are basically star racing riders. Plessinger was the last few years. Absolutely, that's been the case with Keiko. I mean, it is not 
you're not riding for Honda's amateur team and then moving up to Geico. You are riding for that team. On the Cowie end, you are not riding for Mitch at that level. You are a team green rider. You will eventually ride for Mitch, but you're not riding for well, Mitch at that moment. And it seems like that transition makes a big difference. And I've talked to Ziggy about this process a lot. He's He doesn't just, you know, watch a video from the Reds and say, who won? Give them the most money. Right. He studies these kids a lot. He knows their parents well. He knows what guys he wants, who's going to blossom, who's going to mesh. Well, I don't think Mitch is that hands-on at that level, as he shouldn't have to be, right. because we all know how all the team green is. But I just feel like that model, somebody figured out a way to break it. Well, also, too, then that goes back to, okay, so you're a 14- or 15-year-old Bogle, Barsha, Kennard, uh, Jordan Smith, R.J. Hampshire. Ziggy's saying, okay, you're our guy. Here's your program. And in this year, you will be on Geico Honda. Matt Bishaglia, whatever. Yep. You will be on Geico Honda. Yeah. The pro circuit team, the team green kids, I mean, we've seen uh, Covington, Epstein, uh, Josh Woods, Andrew Short back in the day. These were top team yep. green guys. And Mitch just said, nah, you're not good enough. I don't want you for whatever reasons. They got a couple right. shots. So the team green kids, they're not promised anything at pro circuit. And if you're yeah. a 14 or 15-year-old Jordan Smith, who Matt Bishaglia, you are being promised a shot on the Geico team without a doubt. So, yep. you know. Uh, I think that's so a big the thing. Parents, yep. If you're the parents, like, what are you going to take? Of course you are. Plus, racing has a short memory now. I mean, it won't be long before no one even remembers that riding for Mitch was a big deal. Like, that sounds ridiculous that I can say that, but <laughs> right. we know how young these riders are. Yeah. If he goes five years without being dominant, it's been, say, two or three, mm-hmm. then that whole stigma's gone, too. So yeah. they got to fix it quick. All right, we kept you on the line long enough. Jason Thomas is waiting uh, to provide us with some valuable information, just like you did. So thanks for thanks for each. Yeah, breaking he is breaking. He is. He's going to break yeah. some news here shortly, uh, right here on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Thanks, Weege. All right. See you somewhere. Yeah. Good point. See ya. All right. Uh, that's Jason Wagon. Everybody, let's transfer over to our other Jason. Jason Thomas, what's up, man? What's going on? Sounds like you're in a windstorm. Uh, yeah. Is, is like George that. is George Clooney there? Is he on? Are you on a boat with George Clooney? <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It sunk. He sunk a boat? Yeah, George Clooney uh, in the movie. It was the wind, never mind. Hey. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, perfect storm. Got it. Fly Race in Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. You're breaking some news here, bro. What's happening? I am. Uh, just uh, I heard that Jesse Nelson's out for this weekend. Really? Any word why? Yeah. So No, I heard he uh, had a practice crash and just not not ready to race. So Wow. Well, uh, pretty much hands it to Cooper Webb a little bit. Well, yeah, Bowers is uh, is um, going to be 32 back now, and right. um, it's a primo spot for Bowers and Osborne. Osborne's only four back of Nelson, so they'll both pass uh, Nelson and uh, be second and third in the points. So it's a crucial crucial blow for Jesse Nelson and the TLD team, for sure. Yeah, it's not good, not good. Um, apparently he must be... Pretty bad. Well, yeah. You know, we don't speculate at how hurt he is, but mm-hmm. he can't be great if he's missing a race, you know, with this kind of this late in the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, we're still looking to give away a Kinetic Vector 2015 spring release stuff, uh, courtesy of Fly right. Racing. So uh, let's get to Did some. Did you give it to Weege? No, I didn't give it to Weege. Screw that guy. But he pushed pretty hard for it. He loves free stuff. <laughs> he does. Good point. Hey, Sean, what's going on? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Um,. I hear you talking about Marcel potentially getting a 450 ride, and I just wanted to add, if he does get that deal, 
where do you guys think he'll be placing that? And do you think it is well, uh, worth the investment? That's, I mean, it's totally a rumor right now, Sean. So that's just something okay. I heard in the grapevine. I well, would, I would not stamp this at all. So, okay, well, if he does, I'm just saying. I, I mean, if he doesn't, that's whatever. But if he got the deal, where do you think he'd be? JT, heard something about Porcel riding a 450 for Mitch outdoors. Okay. Uh, where do you think he'd be? Where's his placing? Where's his home at? 450 well, class. it depends on how ready he is because I don't think anyone's seen him riding lately. Not Nothing like last year where he was at Glen Helen all the time and he was seemed like he was really putting in a whale of an effort to get ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know of anyone that's seen that or heard of that happening this year, right? No. So yeah. that, would, that would tell me that he's, he's further behind than he was at this point last year. And I, I really didn't think he was overwhelmingly prepared last year. So, right. you know, the, the caliber of riders you're going up against is much different. Um, you're talking about multi-time world champions and uh, 250 champions and 450 champions. So it doesn't mm-hmm. bid well for him. You know, I think he could have some great motos here and there, but as far as any kind of championship contention against the guys he'd be going up against, with the level of preparation that I perceive, I don't mm. think it would go all that well. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Thanks for calling, man. Yeah. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Uh, next call is uh, Kurt. What's going on, Kurt? No, wait. Kurt, what's Hey, up? what's going on, man? What's up, Kurt? Hey, um, so I think it was last week there was a guy that called in and he asked, it might, might not have been last week, but he asked if uh, maybe Chad Reed might be doing some GPs next year. Yeah, and, yeah uh, that was a couple weeks I ago. I figured yeah. I'd just call and see if you maybe heard anything else about that. I I don't think. I mean, we, JT both and I, both you and I, JT thought that was not going to happen. Chad said yeah. something, but I I, I I don't see why. I yeah, guess, anything yeah, possible. Totally I, I would bet against it. Yeah, I mean, if they offer him a shit ton of money, why not? Why not go one more year over there? But who's who's paying him a shit ton of money to go over there? You know, right? So, I mean, he has another another year on his discount deal, and there's just so many things that. Want to you know? Want to tell you no? That would never happen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's it, Kurt. That's yeah. all we got. Um, all hey, right. You want to uh, you want to win some fly gear? Hell yeah, man! All right, hell yeah! Kinetic Vector 2015 Spring Release stuff. Pants, jersey, gloves is now yours for listening for listening to the show and for calling in. So all right, man. I will, thank I will you. Expand on that. What? I know he's not doing outdoor season next year. Uh, so I could. I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility to see him do a one-off here or there, but mm-hmm. I don't expect. I wouldn't expect any sort of long tenure. You as think far as so? Like, you think this is his last year doing the uh, nationals? Yeah, I think uh, he actually, or maybe Ellie already said that. Someone said that. Yeah, huh. kind of already come up with that. Okay, uh, I know he tweeted something about possibly my last year. So, uh, um, no, I think Ellie said oh. that this was the last one. So, Daniel, you want to talk about Josh Hansen? Yeah, I was just I was looking at the points and he's tied for seventh and he's like six points out of fifth place right now. You're saying there's a chance he can win the title. Wanted to have, (laughs) but uh, my question was: is if he finishes out the year, keeps staying kind of towards the front, does he stand a chance at possibly getting signed with a team next year? You think? And if not, do you think he'll come back and fund his own program again? What do you think, JT? Who was it? I missed the very beginning. So I heard all the stats, but I forgot. Josh Hansen. Hanson. Uh, I think he would race again. Uh, I think he's he probably is profiting from his effort this year. You know, I don't think he's getting rich off anything, but you know, for a guy like Hanny, I don't think there's a million options out there as far as career paths. So, you know, I think he's enjoyed this 
this run he's been on. You know, it's not a very rigorous schedule other than the month of January. Uh, as far as uh, preparation, all that stuff, you know, it really is only a few months of work in the off season. So, yeah, I could certainly see him coming back. You know, he's getting older. Don't uh, you? I don't, um, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't show up again in 2016. Hasn't he been a little underwhelming, though? I thought he would do better. I'm not yeah, saying I th- he's. I think so. I think yeah. that's fair. But he's also um, not done horribly. No, nope. uh, nope. I think you know. I don't. If, as long as it's not a financial burden for him, he's not losing money and it's somewhat profitable. You know, why wouldn't he come back? Yeah. No. Good point. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate good it. I don't think, guys. Thank you. Uh, let's get to Dustin. What's going on, Dustin? You want to talk about Ryan Villapoto? Yeah. Seeing enough with his uh, after this season, I know you guys have talked about if he. Or to stay healthy, obviously he'd be a solid choice for the team for USA. But I know last time he went, he went as like the number three guy. I mean, I personally thought he should have been number one after winning the championship. Yeah, he was, there's any any he was, kind of uh, I don't know, just within having an opinion to say, hey, I came over here, I beat these guys. Say if he were to win the championship over here, uh, then, hey, I want to be the number one guy on the team. He was bitter about that. He was bitter having the, the run, the number three, and being all that. And I, and I called him an idiot, and he got really mad at me, like. uh I said, who cares, dude? It's just a number. You should be happy you're just on the team. And he got really pissy with me. But uh, He's been acting towards you lately. Yeah, really, right? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I think he should go. It, no matter if he wins his title or not, he's going to be America's one of America's top two outdoor riders, whether he wins this outdoor title or uh, GP title or not. So send him. And I don't care what number you put on him. Whatever. Oh, I think, I think he's easy, an easy pick. Yeah. As long as he's healthy. Right. Regardless of his result. Yeah, exactly. So... Thanks, Dustin. I, mean, I think it would probably be his last race ever. I, it I, would, yeah, it would be. Yeah, I think uh, you don't think you don't think he'd do Monster Cup next year. I don't think he'd do no, Monster Cup. I don't think so. JT, you? No, I think I think in his in his mind, Designations is his last race ever. Yeah. So, all right, all right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Jason, what's going on? You want to talk about safety gear? Hey guys. Um, yeah, you know how they talked about. Uh, I know JT said. Uh, like if you make, let's say, all amateur riders wear a chest protector, you know, and then I know JT said, you know, you kind of become liable in a sense. Um, you know, like if Fly said, this chest protector is great, you need to wear it, mm-hmm. and then some, a kid gets hurt. Well, I, I don't really understand that because, you know, you have 6D, bail, Sarai, helmets, whatever, and all these tracks say you have to wear helmets boots, goggles, you know, so yeah. if they make you wear that and you wreck in a 60 helmet and get a concussion, I'm sure 60, I'm sure 60, you know, I'm sure 60 has great liability insurance and has been sued. Uh, maybe be the case, but if they're saying you have to wear helmet and boots, why can't they say the track say you wear a chest protector? Um, no, they they can, but I'm I'm saying they can a track can do whatever they want. They can make you wear a chest protector all day long or whatever. It's fine. And I'm I, what we were talking about is on the pro level. If they mandated that you have to race pro with a chest protector, and you mm-hmm. get hurt, you you could have you can open yourself up. Yeah, well, you I know? guess. Uh, and then a few weeks back, you uh, left JT off the review show. Yep. Two weeks. Um, I think we did two weeks Steve. in a row. He was up. He was very angry. Yeah, Steve, yeah. Steve, everybody loves money. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have money on the show. Oh, I see. 
JT Money. Well, you know what? There Chase Dallas with score. They, they stepped in. <laughs> How are you doing, JT? You know what it does? It, 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 checks it, in the mail. It makes, uh, it, makes the, it makes his return even better. It's like waiting yeah. for something, you know? It makes yeah. his return. Absence, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Right, and then when he comes in, he skips a week, he comes in. He just everybody goes. Oh, I remember how great he was. Oh, so, yeah. oh you know. yeah. And, and another thing about Gibbs with the fly sector boots, yeah, is uh, you know how your Canadian math is sometimes off a little bit. Yeah, I'm not very good at math. I'm just not good at right. math. Period. Yeah. What you need to do on the shows on Monday nights is kind of keep up with his mistakes and your mistakes. And let's say you have five and he has four. Mm-hmm. That's ten percent off the boot. Maybe he beats you by one. no oh. way. There's no way Mathis could keep up with that math, though. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Thank, well, that's probably true. Thanks, that's Jason. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling, man. All right, guys. All right, see Thanks. you. Robbie, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, man. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for calling the Fly Rates and Moto Sixty Show. Listen, I'm the guy on Twitter that the night you sort of squeaked out about the new fly boot about five months ago, and I started hammering you about it. Uh, won the picture of it because it was still top secret. Right, um, yeah. And so since then, my 14-year-old who races, we, we have the boot. We've had it for about four weeks now. Mm-hmm. thing is awesome. Oh, great. We, we really like it. Uh, we're, we're, I'm from, we're from Alabama. We're racing the Alabama State Series, and uh, so we're doing our part to uh, get the word out there. Fly Racing Sector Boot now in dealers. Uh, their entry into the premium off-road segment. Adam Entenapp runs the uh, Fly Sector Boot, and I think you'll be yeah. seeing it on some other guys here shortly. So. Hey, what one quick question. Um, you know, and I've been, we've been wearing fly for uh, probably since 2011, and we've only been racing since 2010. Why do the uh, the F2 carbon seems to be the the helmet of choice for Trek and Hard uh, Andrew Short? So why don't they wear the formula? Uh, you know, the formula seat is the higher end helmet, and, but you know, we wear the F2 as well. And I, I just I know it's the more expensive between the all the helmet fly mate. Well, really, it. They're the same shell, so when you talk about safety and protection, there's really no difference. Uh, but we really kind of found our niche with the F2, and we built replicas for both of those guys in the F2. Um, I think you'll see some some changes coming down the line with the formula, um, uh-huh. which we we see a little bit more longevity, so we put Trey and Andrew and Mark at it a little bit heavier. Uh, but really, the the formula is just a little bit different value. You get a, an extra visor, an extra helmet bag, and a few things. But as far as uh, right. real safety protection or features or anything like that, they're very, very similar. So the F2, we just felt like it was a little bit more value. And, and personally, I like the uh, the look of it a little bit more. And, and so do they. Right. So they, they and that's, what, kind of and that's what we wear. Yeah. Um, so. well, one other thing, I don't want to mention the uh, competitor. I mean, I know uh, Steve is uh, X-Brand Goggles, and they're uh, and they we have never used them, I'll be honest. We still wear Scott. You probably never won then. You probably never won. Yeah, well, not true, but the fly goggle needs some work. Well, yeah, and it's uh, it's an entry level. We, we have worn those, and they need some work. Well, friend. just wait, just wait. JT's explaining. It's not on the level of a Scott Premium Oakley Premium goggle level. You know. Okay. Yeah, you're, right. you're, our our highest end goggle is uh, only retails for twenty nine ninety five. So, you're talking uh, yeah, about a goggle yeah. that's really not built to be a high end race goggle. Um, coming down the line, we'll change that and we'll have an offering in that line. But our dog was more built for recreational uh, riders. You know, even our amateur support program, those guys go through Scott or Dragon uh, with our goggles. Like, we don't even have a, a uh, amateur support program uh, for yeah. our goggles. So 
I, I can understand your concerns, but it's, at the same time, it's really not the racing market that we've been going after with that. Good entry-level goggle. Well, since you should get one, we'll have it, but I don't want to stay on the line. I appreciate it. Thank love you, man. Fly through, and I love the recognition you guys are getting. Over. It seems like the last year that the uh, the ball has really started rolling. There's there's more, you know, bigger names wearing it. Got Rockstar on. We got that new Rockstar F2 carbon helmet. That thing is awesome. Yeah. No, they've been, Thanks, they've been trying, killing it. Trying hard. Thanks, Robbie. Hey, uh, yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Fly Racing, I don't think it's any coincidence that Fly Racing has really been getting the ball rolling since it became a big part of the Pulp Mech show and the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. I mean, to me, that's, well, that's math right yeah, there. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of people that don't really get a lot of spotlight. You know, I, I know I'm on all these shows, but Dale Spangler and Jackson Nelsonman and Max, who you see every weekend, uh, they're just a huge group of guys at the office that are all trying to make this thing happen. You know, it's not just me. So um, yeah, it's, I don't it's think... nice to see when, you know, you see it more out there and the name out there and riders wearing it and, and amateur, you know, and spectators and all kinds of people wearing it. That's that's what we're going after. Dale's awesome, but I don't, I don't know about that Max guy. I don't know about Max. Yeah, yeah. questionable. Shady. Shady. Um, <laughs> no, I would not say I would not go with Shady. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sure I'll be getting a text shortly. Hey, uh, before we let you go on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, uh, Roxon's out. We talked about him on the NFAB Fantasy Moto show. Uh, potential, obviously, podium guy, but out. What do you think about that decision? I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, I haven't seen him ride Supercross. I've only seen him ride outdoors on his Instagram and stuff like that. So I guess it stands to reason that he didn't plan on racing this weekend mm-hmm. if he wasn't on a Supercross track very much. Yeah. Uh, it really comes down to what's right for him. Uh, and I hope, you know, that's where the decision was made. It was just he's not ready. And regardless of how much exposure or how badly the team wants him out there, that that's not going to be the overriding decision. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you're on board with that because you've been, you know, mm. obviously very vocal about that. Well, I just, so. if he's not 100%, don't send him out there. And he's not no, 100%. That, that's so, right. yeah. I'm sure that's where the decision came from. Right, so right. I would think, you know, that's that's the right decision. Otherwise, I, I would almost guarantee that he wants to be out there. Yeah. Uh, all racers, and especially when in their prime of their careers like Kenny is, they want to be out there. You know, they feel like they can win. And if he's not showing up, then that makes me think that he wasn't ready. Absolutely. Uh, all right, bud. Man, I'd like to keep you longer, but uh, Wygant took all your time up, so blame him. Yeah, it happens. Um, uh, thanks, uh, thanks to Fly Racing. We gave away the Kinetic Vector 2015 spring stuff uh, to, um, uh, I forget the guy's name, but uh, Dale? What? Huh? Tits? What was it? It's a good question. Ah, uh, whatever. Um, Kurt. Kurt. Yeah, g- good job, Kurt. Uh, thanks, JT. We'll see you in Houston this weekend. Uh, can't wait to see where the track map and who screws that thing up first. Uh, as far yeah, as I'm already the, here, so I uh, I'm a, I'm a step ahead of you guys. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Go to that Papa Disto's place for dinner. It's got great food. It's fantastic food. Papadisto's? Yeah, so good. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right. Thank I'm you. Good. All right, all right, everybody. That's uh, been the uh, Fly Racing uh, Moto 60 Show. FlyRacing.com n-fab.com. Houston, Texas this weekend. NFAB's home race, so they'll be there in full effect. Great guys. Fly Racing, great guys. Thanks to all the callers, man. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Tits, thank you. And uh, see everybody next week. Fly Racing, Motor City Show, presented by NFAB.